Hello and welcome back to the VFit podcast. I have a big, fat, juicy episode for you today and I cannot wait to dive into this with you. I know it's going to be super valuable and there'll be lots of light bulb moments, so pour yourself a cup of coffee because it's going to be really good. Now, Today's episode is talking about the three mistakes that you might be making when it comes to your fat loss journey. So if you are on a body transformation journey, getting leaner for summer, you've got holiday coming up, an event that you wanna look and feel great for, and you're finding yourself doing all of the things, so you're eating right, you're training hard, but the results just aren't coming for the effort level that you're putting in, then it might be because that you are doing one or more of these mistakes. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna talk about each one, I'm gonna unpack it, explain what's going on, and then I'm gonna give you some real practical tips that you can implement straight away so you no longer continue to make these mistakes. Gonna be super good, it's super valuable, so let's jump straight in. The first mistake that you might be making is under recovery. You're not giving yourself enough recovery time to see results. Now, what this means is that, well, actually, let's start here. One thing I like to tell my clients is that we need to work with our bodies, not against it. Especially us women. We need to make sure that we are giving ourselves enough recovery time in order to see the results. So when we continue to push, 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 our body kind of throws its hands up and it says, "Uh uh-uh, I'm not playing this game, and it stops giving us results. When we take a step back, and we start giving our body good nutrition, enough calories, nutrient dense, and applying exercise intelligently, then our body kind of rubs its hands together and says, oh yes, loving this, and then it starts giving us results. Now, I know that that can be the opposite of what we have been told. So, you know, in the past we have been told we need to eat less, we need to move more, and that's what's gonna get us results. And to a certain extent it does, but it does have a limit. There's this very, what I call a sweet spot, where if you push too hard, then our body just isn't going to respond well. Now, I have been in the past very guilty of this myself. I used to do probably about three hours worth of exercises a day, and I was very hard on myself. And... I just wasn't in the physical shape that I thought I should be for the effort level that I put in. I eventually took my exercise right down to four one-hour sessions in the gym, lifting weights, and then doing my daily dog walk, which was around about 10,000 steps. And immediately, when I say immediately, two weeks into it, I was like, wow, I look amazing. I mean, the results that I was getting were far better than me doing three hours worth of exercise a day. So the moral to the story is less is sometimes more, okay? So let's dig a little bit deeper. Exercise, although it's good for us, is actually a stressor in itself. So what we wanna do is apply the stress to the body to force it to change, but then take a step back and allow our bodies to do the magic part, the rest and recovery part and the repair part. So let's look at this within a 24 hour window because sleep is everything, right? 
and we can look at how our body responds in a 24-hour period. So when we wake up, we usually wake up and our digestive system's done its thing, our brain has processed everything, we feel clarity and our body is less bloated and we go throughout the day. What happens is we eat, we drink, we problem solve, we ask questions. By the end of the day, we're physically exhausted and we're mentally exhausted. So then we go to sleep and hopefully we get seven to eight hours good sleep. And what happens during that sleep process is our brain is doing a brain dump. It's sorting, filing, deleting. Um, and then our body is, you know, the body's doing its um, things. So our digestive system sorting itself out, resting. And then we wake up the next morning feeling less bloated, again, um, looking leaner and have more clarity and then we go again and so you can really see even within that 24-hour period how important sleep is when it comes to seeing results and hitting that reset button right so the same applies to the training over a week over a month over a year we really need to make sure that we're implementing two things recovery days so days where we're just not training and we're allowing the body to completely recover um and adequate sleep daily. Literally, if you can implement those two things, then you are going to be winning. Now, what is adequate on both of those things? It really depends on how much exercise you're doing. But for the average person, let's say you want to work out four to five times a week, three to five times a week even. Not everyone has time to do four sessions a week. But if you wanted to work out three to four times a week, let's say that. You could do Monday, Wednesday, Friday, maybe one day at the weekend. That means you're having Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday as your rest days. That would be ideal, that would be absolutely perfect because it means you can push hard on a Monday, rest on a Tuesday, push hard on a Wednesday, rest on a Thursday, Friday you're pushing, Saturday you're pushing, Sunday you're chilling out, right? That would be ideal. It doesn't always work out like that. And some people do need to do something every day mentally because it helps them stay focused. They're like, I can't have a rest day off because I do that. Then it impacts my nutrition and I you know, fall out of routine and I become lazy. The idea of taking time out can actually stress them out. In which case, if that is you, you can actually be super smart and implement an active recovery day. So maybe on a Monday you're pushing hard on a Tuesday, instead of doing nothing, you could do a yoga session, you could do a gentle swim session, uh, you could go for a, a nice slow long walk. Right? And these are all things that you're doing active, so it's good for you mentally because you can check that box, but you're not pushing your body, you're not, um, you know, it's not an actual stress it's something that will actually benefit especially if you do things like yoga or going outside for a walk they're going to be they're going to have their own benefits because yoga obviously improves balance mobility flexibility and obviously if you're going outside then you're going to get vitamin d and outside in nature and that's going to de-stress you so there's lots of benefits to doing things such as active recovery so if that is something that you want to do and it helps you keep on track, then absolutely go for it. But I would say that you, anybody will only need anything between 30 to 60 minutes a day. If you're being intentional with your workouts, that's all you need. 
if you're finding yourself doing multiple classes back to back or um, that you want to do more, then it, the cho- it can't get my words out. The likelihood is that you weren't giving that moment 100%. You weren't being super intentional in that workout that you did. So that's just something to think about. Okay, so let's talk about sleep. Something a lot of people struggle with is sleep and not getting enough or good quality sleep. Now, I don't have a magic solution if you're a mum and you're being woken up by a baby. I can't help you with that. But just know that the time will pass and hopefully they'll sleep soon. But for everyone else, uh, there's a few basic things that you can do to really help improve the quality of your sleep. So the first one would be to reduce your caffeine intake or to put a time on when you have your last cup of coffee um, and to remember that things like coffee, obviously, but then things like decaf coffee, chocolate, coke these all have caffeine in them pre-workouts things like that these are also going to stimulate you now what you'll want to do is understand your tolerance and your sensitivity and then limit yourself from having a you know that kind of beverage or that caffeine at a certain time so for some people that cutoff time will be 4 p.m because caffeine stays in the system um for i think about five hours Um, Some people are super sensitive and they will need to knock it on the head after lunchtime. And so they'll have to, they won't have any more caffeine after lunch. And that's absolutely fine. But work out which works best for you. I once made the terrible mistake or something like, I have done it since, but I kick myself every time I do it. If I have caffeine too late in the day, say like past six, I'll go to sleep absolutely fine. But then I'll be waking up at one or two o'clock in the morning and I'll be wide awake you know when you're just all the things are going around in your head you're like oh my gosh why can't I shut my brain off I literally have to get up and do something because you know when you're just frustrating yourself because you can't go back to sleep you're just making yourself more angry so I take myself off and actually I've hacked it now breath work is the one for that and then that sends me back off to sleep but super annoying so limiting your caffeine intake is tip one tip two to make sure that you get good quality sleep would be to make sure that you are not stimulating yourself that sounds rude but you know what i mean that you're not stimulating your mind um with screens technology things like that just before you go to bed so a big thing for me and many people who are working from home is checking emails just before you go to bed Um, watching TV with your laptop or your phone in your hand so you've got all this blue light happening Um, yeah so you're just stimulating yourself you've got overhead lights on so the key thing here is to just put down technology put down your phone switch off the laptop um, turn the overhead lights down to side lamps or you know you've got low lighting do that because what that do, it will help like prepare your mind to get ready for sleep. And so then when you go to bed, you drift off easier. So reading a book helps or things like that. Do not have technology in the bedroom. I mean, obviously I have my phone in my room, but I use it just for my alarm and I try and put it as far away from me as possible. I never have a TV going on in my bedroom unless Jason's home, which is really annoying, but I do have an eye mask for that. Um, 
yeah, so these are the very basic things that you can do to help improve your quality sleep. Other things you can do would be to find a relaxing drink before um, to have before you go to bed. And um, practicing meditation can also help calm the mind as well. So recovery, circling back to recovery, you're going to have rest days, which are super important. So making sure that you're implementing one, two or three rest days during your week. And if you want to fill up those rest days with active recovery days, then absolutely go for it. Um, And then making sure that you're getting really good quality sleep daily because that's also going to help you okay so that's mistake number one mistake number two is under eating again we have been told that in order to see results we need to eat less do more and what happens is we take this to the absolute extreme we see results by doing it a little bit we get hooked on that so we push it a little bit more thinking that's going to give us more results it comes back to the principle of um, working with your body, not against it, yeah? Because being in a slight calorie deficit is fine, but when we start dropping our calories and really slashing them, what happens is that too is also a stress to the body. And again, our body just throws up its hands and it says, not playing this game. Now, you've probably heard the term starvation mode being thrown around, and there is some debate as to whether or not that exists. But basically, what is happening when you are dropping your calories is that you're not getting enough nutrients into the body. So when you drop your calories, you're dropping nutrients as well. That means less vitamins, less minerals that are going to the cells of the body where they need to be. So that's the first big issue is that you're going to start to feel malnourished, Um, and your body isn't getting the good stuff that it really needs. So you're not supporting yourself in terms of health. Obviously, when you eat less, you're going to have less energy because calories are simply energy. They're nothing to be afraid of. It just means that if you eat more calories, you have a surplus of energy. So just use that energy up. But if you haven't got enough calories going in, you're not going to have enough energy to push yourself in your gym sessions, in your workouts. And so you're going to have mediocre workouts and that's going to lead to mediocre results. Another key thing is that when we reduce calories too low, we're going to start to mess up our metabolism. Our metabolism is just uh, is made up of all these different hormones. And when we start messing around with that, you're going to lower your metabolism. And so our body really does have to make a choice of what it deems necessary. So where it's going to push the efforts to and what isn't necessary. This is when this can't get my words out. On the extreme version of this when people like myself who were doing bikini competitions they get down to crazy low levels of body fat what happens is that there's not enough um calories going in and they're super super lean and the body then has to make a choice of where it's going to apply this energy and so many female competitors would lose their periods in a run-up to a fitness competition because the body just didn't deem this as a necessary process in order to survive. So it made that choice of cutting out the period and then obviously doing all the other bits that it needs to do. The moment I started to eat more 
and I you know, reverse dieted out of competition. Then my period came back and everything was tickety-boo, right? So this is how complex the female body is. And so we need to remember that by under-eating, not only are we sacrificing calories in terms of energy and performance, but also dabbling and messing around with our metabolic rate and also we're not getting enough nutrients into the body. So it has a huge impact. And when women come to me, the one thing that I see is that they are under eating, like there's this thing where they're eating like 1,200 calories, which is absolutely crazy. And so then I say, right, we're gonna put your calories up and the fear they have around calories and eating more, it's a real thing, you know? But two weeks in and are like, oh, Vanessa, I'm loving all this food. I'm waking up and I'm hungry. I'm um, feeling stronger. I'm less tired. I love this. I don't even feel like I'm on a diet. And I'm like, yes, yes, that's how it should feel. So a byproduct of under eating as well is that you're gonna be prone to yo-yo dieting because it's not sustainable. You're going to find yourself craving food. So then you'll have that binge restrict thing happening. And you'll be caught in that for a long time until you can break that cycle. So if you find yourself under eating and if you don't know what that looks like, you can just do a very simple BMR calculator. So you can jump on Google, type in BMR calculator, input your weight, height, age and sex, then look at, so that'll give you a baseline, but then you look beyond that and see how much exercise you're doing, which will obviously take your calories up. That is roughly best guess where you should be calorie wise, all right? And then look at what you're actually eating. It's, it's It can be very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? eye-opening. That's the word I'm looking for. So yeah, that. Under-eating, massive issue. The moment you start, and I've done it, you know, I was surviving off ridiculously small amounts of food. The moment I started to eat more, I saw better results. And so do my clients. And so will you. Okay, number three. One of the the third mistake that you might be making when it comes to your fat loss results is changing everything at once. Now, this is very much a mindset thing because, and I can get, I can see why people do this. I have done this, is that we get so excited about our fitness goal that we're like, yes, let's go. I'm going to change my diet. I'm going to do this exercise. I'm going to do all these things, right? And we throw everything and the kitchen sink at this one thing and then we do really well for two weeks, maybe a month, and then we can't sustain it. We kind of fall, like we fall off the wagon completely. And it's not fall off the wagon on one thing, it's everything. And then we revert right back to our old habits, okay? So let's talk about habits for a second. Habits are just things that we have done over and over and over again over a prolonged period of time. And so it's very familiar to us, okay? And so when we are trying to implement a new habit, it takes practice. We can't expect to just pick this new habit up straight away. It, you know, we have to then put in the reps. We have to show up and do this habit every single day. You might forget one day, you might slip up one day. It's about keeping going, right? Once you have this one thing mastered, 
then you can implement something else. So here's my thing for you. I would say, look at what would have the biggest impact on you. What would have the biggest impact when it comes to your um, fat loss results? Would it be exercise? Would it be nutrition? Or which one would you prefer to start with? So rather than going, right, I'm going to do my nutrition and eat this way, and I'm going to work out and eat this way, why not pick something like exercise and just implement that? Do that for a week, maybe two weeks, maybe a month. Get into flow with doing the exercise. Not only is it going to make you feel good, but um, you're going to obviously see results as well. And then when you've got to grips with that, then implement the nutrition aspect. And it doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to be something, right? So don't think about changing all the things at once. Look at changing one thing. Pick the one thing that will probably have the biggest impact so you do feel motivated when you start seeing results. You'll be like, oh, it is working, excellent, I'll keep going. And then build upon that. Then add something else in once you've got to grips with it. Then add something else in. So focusing on that one big thing is a winner. And I I do this, if I have a holiday and I've been out the game for two weeks, three weeks, what I tend to do is I tend to go, right, I'm going to start with my nutrition. So this week, it's just about, no, not start with my nutrition, start with my training, okay? So this week, I'm just going to take the dog out, go to the gym, just enjoy doing those things. I do it, then the next Monday, I'll be like, right, I've had a great week, I feel good, I'm ready to tackle the nutrition. And I can do it in a fairly quick um way so mine was like a week and then a week I can do it like that I could probably do it quicker but that's how I've done it and then it just doesn't feel like oh okay off we go again and like forcing it I just ease myself into it it's a really good one to do after Christmas I definitely did this once I got back from the Caribbean I was like right exercise first then introduce nutrition and then I just found my rhythm with both and I carried on so those are my three mistakes that you might be making when it comes to seeing fat loss results. Let me know if any of those resonated with you. If you want to find out more about working with me and helping you through any of this, then I do have one one one-to-one in-person coaching spot left if you're living in the Basingstoke area. But I do have space for anyone who works who wants to work with me in an online capacity. So it doesn't matter where you are in the UK, if you're like, right, I need help with this, I have multiple programs that you can jump in and I can help you, all at different price points, all at different um, levels of working with me. So if you feel the pull and you need some help, I am always happy to offer my services. Just hit me up on the information in the description below. Um, Instagram is probably the best place to find me. But I hope that this has been really, really useful. Let me know what you found was the biggest helpful tip for you. And I'll be back with another episode. Have a great rest of your week and I will see you soon. Bye.